So we did um, at the beginning of this series consider the trouble that the world is in. And we looked at Romans chapter 1, you know, written way back then, a couple thousand years ago almost, that that was written and the world was in trouble then and the world is in trouble now. We also looked that we might be in trouble and we considered some ways that maybe we could be in trouble even though we want to get excited like the kids get excited, especially about Easter coming. But we need to stop and think, where are we in this? And now today, it really leads up to this great banquet that God has prepared for us. So today I want us to consider God's invitation to his great banquet table. The anchor verse for this series is you killed the author of life Jesus that's Jesus but in Acts 3:15 it says but God raised him from the dead so today I want to talk about how we can have a great banquet with Jesus. You would think that everyone would just want to jump at that opportunity, wouldn't you? To have a great banquet with Jesus. But as we're going to see, many people are going to turn away. Many people are going to turn down the invitation from the heavenly host to his great banquet table. A banquet is an elaborate and formal meal for many people. God's great banquet is filled with the joys and the delights of being with Jesus in his kingdom during or dining at the messianic banquet that he provides throughout all eternity. The book of Revelations refers to it this way. In Revelations 19.9, it calls it the wedding supper of the Lamb. And it makes it clear that we are going to want to be there. Jesus himself referred to the great banquet in Luke chapter 13. You can go ahead and start opening your Bible. I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 14. And in this previous chapter in 13... Jesus said this, that people from all corners of the earth will take their place at the feast with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of God. But many who assumed they would be included will be cast out. That's verses 28 and 29 of chapter 13. Now, during the last couple weeks, we have been considering how the world might be in trouble and how we might be in trouble. The trouble that we might be in is this. We might miss our invitation to the great banquet. So in chapter 14 of Luke, we find that the religious folks were trying to trap Jesus 
into a very serious religious offense. They invited Jesus to come and sit around their table so that they could catch him in a religious offense. The pious religious folks saw themselves a few notches above the regular folk, you know, those other folks out there in the community. But Jesus yanks the rug out from under the self-righteous assumptions by telling them this parable of the great banquet. In chapter 14, starting at verse 15, this is Jesus speaking. Um, after one of those at the table with him heard this, he, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And here's what Jesus replied with. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come! For everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. So the servant did that. And then in verse 22, Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet to have dinner at the great banquet table with Jesus. In his kingdom, we must each respond personally to the personal invitation that he makes to us. So let's consider God's invitation. The nature of his invitation, first of all, it's free. Or first of all, it's for all. Second of all, it's free. And third, it is abundant. So let's first look at the fact that the invitation is for all. Verse 16. He invited many. The many who were first invited and expected to attend like those religious folk around the table that Jesus was telling this parable to, 
The religious folks had the privilege of studying the scriptures, of reading Moses. They knew what the prophets had said and predicted concerning the Messiah. When the dinner hour came, God sent his messenger to them and said, Come, for everything is now ready. But the religious leaders made excuses, and they did not come. And this angered our Lord. So he expanded the invitation to the outcasts of the day. There were many prostitutes, tax collectors, politicians, and other notorious sinners following Jesus, and now they would be invited to the table. God's invitation to the great banquet table includes all, all of us, anyone who would otherwise be rejected is invited to come to his great banquet. And then the servant said, there's still room. So Jesus, or the great master in this parable said, go out wider to the city limits, to the country roads, to the very ends of the earth, we could say, from verse 23. God's invitation is broad. His invitation is for all to come. It includes every person of every race, no matter what the person's background is, no matter how religious they might be or how completely pagan they might be, all are invited. And we, when we act like the servant and, and we go out to invite people in, a lot of times we, we make mistakes. We think sometimes that church is exclusive, an exclusive club for the religiously inclined have you ever looked at someone and, and thought, ah, that person certainly wouldn't be interested in the gospel. They look different than the people in the church. Perhaps you have seen someone who looks like they belong to a motorcycle gang. Or like the children mentioned, somebody wearing a cowboy hat and a big buckle. And you think, that person does not look like a good candidate to be a Christian. Or maybe you see that woman that dresses a little different than us, that looks like maybe she's with the Hindu or the Muslims. And we think, well, you know, she, she has her religious way of life. The gospel certainly wouldn't be for her. Whenever we think like that, and I, I've got to admit, we probably all have, we are limiting God's invitation to his great banquet table, his invitation through the gospel. His gospel message transforms every sinner of every background who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord says to all people, come, for everything is now ready. 
God's invitation is free. Let's consider that for a moment. You know, when the master sent the servant out, he did not send him out and say, go sell $1,000 tickets for a fundraiser to my kingdom. The great banquet is not a benefit supper where people can kick in an offering at the end as they feel led. God's banquet is not a kingdom carry-in or potluck. When you come to God's banquet table, you cannot bring a salad or a dessert. The master says, come, for everything is now ready. The only thing we can bring is ourselves and an appetite for the Lord. This great banquet is totally free because the holy host picked up the tab and we eat at his expense. This is one of the most beautiful things of the gospel. And yet, it's one of the most difficult things for people to accept. Because it means we, we cannot take credit for anything ourselves. If we could offer something in exchange for the meal, we would feel a lot better. We'd feel better about it, wouldn't we? We would be right with the world. Ooh. You know that world that might be in trouble. You might want to go back and listen to the podcast or the YouTube message on Romans 1. To come and eat freely is an affront to our dignity and our pride. But there is only one way that God offers his salvation. He pays for it all. And all we can do is come and receive it freely. Any other way would bring glory to us. But God's way brings all the glory to Him, His mercy, and His grace. There was a story of a pastor that preached on Easter morning. And his church had lilies, and he had this huge lily in front of the podium where he was preaching. And he said, today I want to offer this lily to anybody that would like to come and get it. Come right now and take it. And everybody's looking at him like, what are you talking about? He said, come right now. Anybody that would like to have this beautiful lily. And finally, a young mother said, I'll take it. And the pastor said, great, come on up and get it. So she said to her son, would you go up there and get that lily for your mother? And the pastor said, no, you must come and take the lily if it's for you. Well, she was a little too embarrassed. So she didn't come and take the lily. 
He continued to try to persuade someone to come and take that lily. And finally someone said, what's the catch? Everybody's sitting there like you are now. What's the catch? And the pastor reassured, there is no catch. Finally, a teenager said, I'll come and get that lily after service. And the pastor thought to himself, today is the day of salvation. So he said, no, if you want the lily, you need to come and get it now. Finally, a scruffy bum from the back of the church that had never been at that church before got up and came forward and took that lily back to his seat. Finally, the pastor was able to begin to preach his sermon on Romans 6.23, that the gift of God is eternal life, and it is free to all who are willing to receive it. After the service, after most of the people were gone, that person that took the lily came up and gave the pastor a handshake. It was a $10 handshake. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you can do like a $10 handshake or a five or a hundred or whatever. You hold some money in your hand and you go to shake the other person's hand and kind of drop the money in their hand. And that person said, this lily is just so beautiful. I just wouldn't feel right taking that home without giving something for it. People of Living Hope Missionary Church, we cannot stuff a $10 bill of good works into God's hand to pay for the salvation banquet that he provides for us. He provides it all, totally for free, but at a very great expense to himself, his only son dying on the cross. As we saw in last week's message from Romans 2, we might be in trouble with our old sin nature. So we need to be very careful not to boast in good works. When we tell people the good news about Jesus, we must be clear that God's invitation is free and it is only free because Jesus says, Come, for everything is now ready. Let's also look and consider the fact that God's great banquet is abundant. When he says it's ready, it's all ready. Everything, all that you can eat, and even more besides. The kingdom host makes all the necessary provisions beforehand and puts them out on a table. He had you personally in mind as he was preparing and setting the great banquet table. When we walk in the door, we see a most lavish table. And we see the abundance. Envision this table just being packed, full, loaded high with appetizers. And the host says, help yourself. And there's a full salad bar. 
along with soup and fresh bread, whatever you like. The selections for the main dish are endless. What's your favorite anyway? Would you like prime rib that just melts in your mouth? Lobster? Or do you just want to go right away over to the desserts? It's okay, the host says. Enjoy. It's all okay. There's pie a la mode. There's chocolate. Whatever your favorite is. God's banquet is the most fabulous, abundant feast that you can ever imagine. And it's absolutely free. Provided by the host for everyone who will come and partake. What a great picture of the salvation, the abundant salvation that God provides so freely to us sinners. When we come through Jesus Christ to His banquet table, He does not just give us peanut butter and jelly sandwich, unless that's what your favorite is. He gives us the works. He is a fountain of living water to wash away all of our sins. He gives us the indwelling Holy Spirit who gives peace to replace our anxiety, joy to replace our depression, power to overcome our sins, and wisdom to make the right decisions. When we accept His invitation, we fellowship every day with our gracious Savior, Jesus, and we abide in the promise of eternity with Him in a heavenly place. Long before, before we ever thought of God, He thought of us. And He made abundant provision for our salvation. His abundant Provision means that we are welcome to come as we are to His table and eat. With that kind of offer, you may wonder, how could anyone refuse? But this parable Jesus tells clearly warns us that some do refuse God's all-inclusive, free, and abundant invitation. We all have excuses. The problem is, what do we do with those excuses? Let's first look at excuses to refuse God's invitation. So in the parable, each of those who were first on the invitation list responded with an excuse for why he could not come. They made up lame excuses, probably to hide the real reason for their wrong actions. All three excuses in this parable reveal insincerity on the part of those that are, are invited. Their excuse is probably an attempt to cover up something that's going on in their life, some shortcoming due to sin. Remember, the world might be in trouble because they love their sin. They love their worldly desires. 
The excuses for skipping the banquet are laughably bad when you start reading through them. All three showed a great desire for the comforts and desires of this world over the free invitation to dine with our Lord at His great banquet table. There really is no valid excuse for spurning Jesus' message. In fact, we have every reason to accept Him as our Messiah, as our Redeemer, as our Savior. We need Him. Those who ignored the invitation to the banquet chose their own punishment. They missed out. They received the wrath of God. Remember, we saw that in Romans, described as God allowing us to do what we love in our sinful ways, wallowing in the consequences of our own sin. The Master respects your choice, and He also makes it permanent. Look at verse 24 again. They who were invited that chose not to come, they will not taste of my banquet. And so it will be with God's judgment on everyone who chooses to reject Jesus Christ. They will have their choice confirmed and they will never taste the joys of heaven. You know, the interesting thing about these excuses that that we read about, each one was not a sin in and of itself. There's nothing wrong with buying land. There was nothing wrong with buying animals. There is nothing wrong today with buying machinery to help you work the land. There was certainly nothing wrong with getting married or the love of family. But the point is, things that are legitimate can be wrong if they hinder you from getting right with God. There are probably some here today or listening online, someone who is caught up in your possessions or your leisurely pursuits or maybe your career that you are neglecting your soul. You might be saying you like your monetary pleasures above the eternal pleasure at the banquet table with Jesus. To allow anything to cause us to refuse or to put off accepting the offer of salvation that God gives to each of us is a very foolish decision. The host gets angry at our refusal because it is a rude, personal insult to turn down such a bountiful invitation. God offered His own Son as the sacrifice for all sinners as He hung there on the cross to reconcile us to Him. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 asks this question. How shall we escape if we neglect 
so great a salvation. As the holy host declares in verse 24, I tell you, none of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Let's now look at our personal acceptance. Despite potential excuses. The striking thing about everyone in in this parable who accepted the invitation is that they could have made an excuse. The poor easily could have said, I don't have anything decent to wear to such a great banquet. The crippled could have said, I can't get anyone to carry me there. The blind could say, I can't see, I can't find my way there. The lame could say, it hurts me just too much to walk on my bad leg to get there. And you know, many of us could feel like we could say, I have just been too bad. My guilt is too heavy to overcome. They all could have easily said, I cannot come. But instead, they all accepted the offer. They accepted the offer because the servant convinced them that they were truly welcome. And they clearly knew their own need. And they were hungry. They believed the invitation was free and they responded personally to it. Even your most heavy guilt cannot void God's invitation. The servant did not run a background check on all of those that the host said, go and invite them in. He invited them in anyway. Their background didn't make any difference. The invitation was not based on anything that the recipients um, exhibited. It was based totally on the goodness and bounty of the Holy Spirit. The only thing these people had to do, the only thing that we need to do is recognize our need and our hunger. Believe that the offer is true and say, yes, I will come. When we accept God's invitation to His great banquet table, we will find that the feast is far better than we can even imagine. In conclusion on this message, one of the main hindrances that keeps any of us from the banquet table with Jesus is that we are really just too full of our own goodness. We are just so prideful that we will not acknowledge our own need for the banquet. Our pride makes us say, sure I'll come, but I'd like to bring a salad. Could I bring the dessert? And the Lord says, no. I provided it all. You just come. Boy, it sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? 
And we know what life is like in the world. If it's too good to be true, it's probably not. But we're talking about God's heavenly banquet. We're talking about being invited by Jesus. It is good. And it is true. Jesus said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. The only catch is we need to see and we need to admit that we might be in trouble. We are the needy bums that need to just come and take it and quit making excuses. Jesus is saying to each person, no matter how great your sins, come, for I have prepared everything for you to be saved and to dine with me for all eternity. Will you say, yes, Lord? Yes, Lord, I will come. Jesus tells us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Listen, these are his words. He says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and do what? And eat with that person and they with me. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, We thank you for this great invitation to your great banquet. If there are any that are here today that have not accepted the invitation, help them today to understand all they have to say is, God, I am guilty, and I accept what Jesus has done for me. I repent of my sin. And I want to be made holy and come in and dine at your great banquet table. Thank you, Jesus, for this invitation to all. In your name we pray. Amen.